0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. It's Wednesday. Do you know who your Diamond Dog rotation is? Let's talk about it here in the Doghouse on the Believe Network. I'm your host, David Murray. As we discuss all things Mississippi State, and by all things, I mean mostly Diamond Dog baseball, although, of course, Mississippi State spring football is ongoing at full speed. Practice session in the books from Tuesday here in week three, another practice scheduled for Thursday, and on Saturday, another session in full contact, and we'll get a chance to talk to Coach Mike Leach following that, which means we'll be away from the game two with LSU at Duty Noble Field by a way, only by a couple of really long punts. I was going to say field goals, but after last season, that would be um, not taken very well at the moment. Although we'll certainly want to go see what the new transfer kickers are doing because you think about it, uh, with good place kicking last year, State probably is certainly an eight win team, possibly a nine win team, in a much better bowl situation, and a heck of a lot better frame of mind. Okay, enough of 2021. It's 2022, and Mike Leach is putting his team together here in Spring Ball. We want to go check out the receiver rotations who's moving inside, who's outside. Uh, who's got a step, so to speak, on others at the four slots? Is Will Rogers really as far ahead of Sawyer Robertson as we are being led to believe? Uh, maybe we won't know that because only the quarterback coach, i.e., head coach, will really say for sure. But eye observation is always fun as well, especially with a chance to have some decent, not great, but decent weather on Saturday to observe the practice. However, The largest part of Mississippi State attention will be, again, just a short distance away on Duty Noble Field as the Diamond Dogs play a crucial series with LSU. Okay, I use crucial way too often on these SEC series because all 10 are crucial any year. All the more so this year, though, because Mississippi State, 4-5, and five. yes, that's still a tie for, I guess, third in the West. Uh, some wise guy, former MSU manager, you know who I'm talking to out there, Mooney, said, wouldn't that mean you're also tied for last place and with five teams? Well, okay, true, but tied for third and uh, really one game out of second place. As Coach Chris Lamonas said, Tennessee and Arkansas are playing in pretty much a conference of their own right now, East and West Divisions, so you're pretty much fighting for second at this point. Although, had Mississippi State done better at Arkansas, as Lamona's also was quite candid saying, they come away in a contention – for the West Division as well. Well, by losing that series, and not to mention giving away a game at Georgia, which I still have a sick feeling that by the end of the season in May, we'll be looking back and cursing what happened on the first weekend of SEC season. Anyway... They're still in that deadlock, but uh, way behind the curve for West contingent. So at this point, again, you're playing for RPI, which, by the way, took a huge, and I mean huge, jump this week. They went from 102 going into the weekend at Arkansas, and by the way, they were 122 beginning the previous week, into the low 70s. I haven't checked today what they are specifically after beating a really struggling UT Martin team. I can't imagine it did them a whole lot of good in that regard as far as RPI. Coach Lamonis and staff didn't care. They wanted to get the win with a barrage of home runs and getting a bunch of arms thrown out uh, in the midweek. They were able to set up for the weekend. So at this point, Ws mattered more to them than does RPI. RPI, they can take care of this weekend against a Tiger team, which uh, is got – some really sore behinds at the moment. They had their tails scorched by that same Georgia team in a really surprising, I'm sorry, Auburn team. I guys get so confused sometimes there. Florida got swept by Georgia. LSU lost twice to another Tiger team at Auburn, who's playing well and comes up on the Mississippi State schedule next weekend. In this extended nine-game homestand, it's a homestand which, yes, I'll call it the C-word again, crucial to take full advantage of. And Lamonis made that clear as well, talking both to the media and in his Monday radio show as well. Now, I started this off by asking about the rotation with very good reason. Is there a change coming in this three-man set that's been used all SE seasons so far? Is is it possible that Preston Johnson, Parker Stinnett, and Kate Smith could find their days changed? Although he would not come out and say so on Tuesday evening, Lamonus's verbiage and body language and everything indicated that he's not ready to make that change just yet. Or at least he wasn't as of Tuesday night. He and Coach Scott Foxhall may make a move by Thursday because they have to let the guys know so they can get into their pre-series schedules of pitching, bullpens, and workouts, and running, all those other things, too. At this point, it doesn't seem he wants to. He told Jim Ellis, no, not yet. And that's key. No, key for this weekend, not yet, key for the next weekend because Lamonis added it could be coming. In fact, he said, that it's easier or more likely to make such changes when you go into a short weekend, which the Auburn series will be. It starts on Thursday. So my best guess is right now they will stay with the current rotation for LSU. And there's no real reason to make that move right now if you're going to base it on pitch counts against Arkansas. All the guys should be fully on schedule, fully on recovery, because none of them worked more than 88 pitches in the series And that keeps them on their weekly grind, as you may call it there. But what Lamonis did last night, or more so Foxall, was how he worked both the starting. Brandon Smith getting the start. Yes, he threw 87 pitches, I believe. He could come back maybe Saturday, certainly by Sunday. What he did was get some work for several other guys because the real story for this weekend appears more to be how will the bullpen shake out than the starting rotation. Now, ideally, that wouldn't be a concern. Your starters would run out there and just roll through a bunch of innings, get a lot of strikeouts, keep the scoreboard clean, and let the bullpen come in and just mop up the business. Well, this ain't an ideal season. And as we told you on Monday, the combined ERA of the three starters at Arkansas was nearly 13. Right, 13.00, not 1.30. In fact, as we also said, all the dogs who threw last weekend at Fayetteville issued more walks in the three games than Arkansas had base hits. Well, you don't have to hit when you're being given free bases. So it all starts with the starters. Yes, the bullpen guys have their own issues, and we'll get to that in a moment. But at this point, it doesn't seem he wants to make a change on that, at least not right now. (laughs) Talk about he said, no, not yet, Then he said, not right now. Again, more indication that they are really, really thinking about it. Is it inconceivable that they change everything up for this weekend? No. Because, again, after last night's game, they're going through the results. They're really hashing through the film and really in-depth analyzing LSU. And, boy, is there a lot to analyze there. So – could you see some changes? Not so much because guys haven't really been good on a particular night, but for, say, a matchup, you know, a matchup against LSU pitching, matchup against LSU's offense. Okay, offense, because that is what LSU is, is this year. They've got a good bullpen, by all accounts. Starting pitching can be good. Mostly they prefer to let their bullpen take care of business. What they live and die on is offense. No big story there. And full season stats are impressive. What second in the SEC in batting average, second in uh, on base, second in slugging. In fact, everybody might as well just go and you know fight for second because Tennessee is going to race away with all those categories. So everybody else is just fighting to kind of keep the Volunteers somewhere in their distant view. But LSU is an offensive team. Lamonis has said that uh, even with a quick look at them, they have at least three guys who could easily be first-round draft selections purely off their hitting, and two or three more who would probably go in the first five rounds as well. That's not good news for state pitching of any sort, particularly not for the starting rotation. What's the deal there? Well, in in the case of Johnson, he's been pretty solid this season, but he lost some control at Arkansas, and to be fair, there were some pretty rare defensive mistakes by this team that were all made in that first game, which compounded with the five walks he issued along with seven hits, led to seven runs, all of them earned, and that distorted that staff ERA that I mentioned earlier for the rest of the weekend. But Lamones and Vauxhall fully expect Johnson to get his location back, and what he wants now is more consistency in that regard, but especially from Stinnett. 3-1, five, 6 five ERA. Now, when you have that imbalance in your record versus your ERA, it tells you he's a guy that can turn it on and just blow you away one night or even one inning in the very next night. Or the very next inning, just stuff the sacks on walks, on base hits, hit batsmen, or just mistakes out there. You look at his ratio, it is almost exactly two-to-one strikeouts to walks, and that tells you a tale there. He can put anybody down, and he can put anybody on base which Stinnett shows up, assuming, again, he has the Saturday start, that may indeed be the hinge to the entire series because when he's good, he is really good, and you've got to be really good this weekend against LSU, and then give it a chance between him and Johnson to make Cade Smith the guy to throw in a rubber game. Or then again, just come out there and win the first two games and let Cade go for the sweep. Yes, a a bulldog is allowed to dream these days because – I don't even want to think about the last time State swept LSU at the Newell Field, nor do you. Uh, So they just want to get out there and be competitive, eat some innings, and make it possible for the bullpen to inherit the lead because State's offense, you saw, what, six home runs against UT Martin? Yes, that was a bad team throwing to you, and you are almost getting in some bad habits. Lamonis even joked, well, not even sure he was joking. I think he was half serious as well that uh, we, he, he made the comment, we hit too many homers. Now, when's the last time you heard a Mississippi State coach say that? But he was serious because he wanted his guys to go out there, hit for average, get the base hits, go for the extended innings, and let more guys hit with runners on base. Uh, see how they'd handle the pitching in those regards when guys were throwing from the stretch instead of throwing from the windup. All sorts of situational things that you want your batters to practice, especially that you got later into the game and you saw many more substitutes as Mississippi State still tries to figure out how it wants to work at the shortstop at center field positions. We'll talk about that leading up to the LSU series later. Um, but at this point, I, I'll go with his comment that right now, Mississippi State's offense looks like eight guys trying to hit it over the wall I don't think I need to name who that ninth guy is because that also matches wherever he's hitting in the order. But uh, you you get the idea of what he's saying. He wants to see a little more balance from the offense. He still likes the runs. He just wants more guys on base when those homers are being hit. All right, back to the pitching, which is our story of the day. Assuming you stick with this same rotation and assuming that Brandon Smith is able to go by Sunday, how does the relief staff shake out from there? Well, for one thing, the release staff includes a fourth potential starter because Casey Hunt is being worked back gradually, and I do mean gradually, into a position where maybe he can go begin be a starter as he was an opening weekend. Uh, he's not been healthy since then, and it took a long time to get him back in there, but now he is thrown in the last three games. About an inning, maybe 1.1 innings in each of the outings, but Memphis, Arkansas, and Martin – the whole idea, as Lamonas has said, is, A, don't have him out there in pressurized situations where a game can really be on the line. And you don't do that to a guy who's still coming off. When the coach openly calls it rehab, that very word, well, you get the idea. But you also want to have him out there in situations where, yeah, you want him to win and have success, maybe giving him easy situations mentally. Is it easy throwing when your team's getting whipped at Arkansas? Not in that regard, but it means the Arkansas offense is relaxed a little bit, or you're against a UT Martin team or a Memphis team that you've built a big lead on. You feel good about they're not going to beat you on one or two big swings, so you can throw, just throw your own game. And that's what Hunt needs to do to work his way back. And once he is, then you start thinking, could he work into that rotation as well? Well, hopefully so in, uh, in that, not that I want to knock any of the guys out of the rotation right now, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is if you have a fourth guy, a legitimate fourth starting option, then you feel much better about your weekend plans, especially if you want to go with matchups. Not so much in hand, because this is an all right-handed staff in that regard, but more like matchups in style against particular opponents or even Mississippi State could end up with what they had for much of 2021 season when you had starters on Friday-Saturday games and co-starters for a Sunday game. Hunt would give you that option once he's fully healthy. Then you can really think about, where do I want to go with a guy with great talent but a little inconsistency like Stanette? Where do I want to go with a workhorse like Johnson? Uh, maybe do I want to take Cade Smith, who has been uh, statistically the best of the bunch, and move him up to the lead role and share it with somebody. You get those options once you get a fourth guy back into the mix, and hopefully that happens soon. Hopefully what also happens is the bullpen work gets more consistent in the right sort of way. You know, Lamonis was pretty blunt about uh, it was a shaky start for the whole bullpen group as the season began, and they've had their struggles. Now, maybe, maybe, after all the strains, they're starting to put something together there with several guys. Okay, once you don't have a Stone Simmons, you're building without one of your key blocks. But just like the rotation, you thought you had Landon Sims as your ace. You don't. So now you're, everybody takes a shuffle up. And for fans out there who say, oh, well, it's just two injuries, you can't overestimate what those two particular inju- injuries have meant for the starting and relief staff the entire team's mindset this season. I just want to get that out there on the record for those who think excuses are being made by the coaches and the players for what's happening, like they're looking over their shoulder waiting for Landon or Stone to come in. Well, they're not. They know those guys are gone, but they're trying to take on roles that they spent fall and January not practicing for. Now they've been pushed into it. It's an opportunity, though. So it's their turn to make the most of it. No excuses any way out. But still, we're going to spend the rest of the season always thinking what if in that regard. But what if, in another sense, some of these guys who are throwing the middle innings, the late innings after the starters, what happened if they start blossoming here? You may be seeing a few signs of that. The UT Martin game in particular, an interesting comment by Lamonis, he said, I need the Cole Cheathams, the Jack Walkers, and the Mikey Teppers to get out there and get more opportunities. He wants those guys going and going faster now, not because he's concerned about finishing off midweek games. He wants them to prove in these games that they're ready to go out there on weekends. And I don't mean on weekends in a blowout, but in a competitive situation. Cheatham, in fact, looks particularly key because he's another left-handed option coming after a Pico Con and a Cam Tuller. If you have a third lefty, that really frees some things up in those maybe one or two at-bat options at the tail end of games when the batting order shapes up in a certain way, you've got a certain lead or deficit, and you want to throw this guy, but do you want to burn a lefty right here when you may have to save him for the next inning when you see a better part of the order? Well, when you have a third guy available, you're more free to run one lefty out there and have another one still ready to go in those you, you see how much about baseball you have to think what if so far ahead even if it never comes to pass which is why baseball coaches should all have ulcers or as i often say football coaches would go insane if they tried to coach baseball because football is always in the moment and baseball is in the moment and the future moment and the moments after that and even a weekend after that so, you still have Cohn and Tuller. And, those. and Tuller, yes, 12.41 ERA, no decisions. You sit there and go, oh, I don't want to see him out of the pen. Well, he started to throw some better ball his last couple of outings. You see the chance he has. Yes, then he'll walk somebody or something will just, you know, bounce the wrong way off one of his pitches. But he's got the potential there, which is can be said about so many guys in this lineup. So... Foxhall, he needs to follow a righty hand to start of the righty reliever in most situations this year. But if you have some of those lefties, as I've said, it gives you a little bit of chance to really mess with the other dugout's mind as well. Not to mention, give your own team's mindset a boost because they know they've got some matchups and they can adjust defensively. And by the way, you take away that first game against Arkansas, State is still one of the best defensive teams in the country. Go figure. Even with the changes at shortstop and center field, two of the three absolutely key defensive positions along with catcher, this is still a top 10 defense nationally. So they know that they can make those plays defensively. You, so the pitchers have just got to give them the ball and quit walking batters because there is no defense against a free base. As far as the tail end of games, well, I think that has just about been settled down. Jackson Fristo is coming on. Yeah, he's had a lapse against Alabama, and if you remember early season, he really had some issues, which is still reflected by his record of 3-2 and two and a 5.32 ERA. Now, you take his last nine games with the exception of Alabama, yes, all were very short stints, but he's produced 19 strikeouts against just three walks. And if Mississippi State has a bullpen guy who isn't going to walk anybody on base, well, he's just about automatically going to get the call at this point after what the rest of the staff has done, you know, Jackson's talent is starting to rise again, but more so his confidence is starting to build. And it takes incredible confidence to be that guy at the end of a game, i.e. a Landon Sims or going further back in my own era, guys like Pete Young or John Harden or Jay Powell and others. Those are the guys you want with that mindset. If Jackson Fresto has developed that mindset, then he can really be a security blanket to the rest of the staff, particularly that bullpen, who just think, if I can just hand Jackson a lead, we're going to be in pretty good shape. I don't have to go out and win the game myself. The other bullpen option has proven to be Brooks Auger. The only difference is, even though he's got a good ERA, he's had some control problems lately with a few walks that the difference between he and Jackson is Brooks eats more innings. He'll average two, even three innings a stint out there. So maybe uh, when Lamonis talks about he being able to do it too as far as late game, he he doesn't mean close things out, although that'd be great if he finished them. More so, he can be the longer inning setup guy for Jackson Fristo. And here's the other thing. Both of those guys can still work twice a weekend given the stints they're doing. Now, this weekend, you know, several dogs may have to pull those double duties because if LSU swings anything like their all-season pace, uh, the pitching is going to be challenged to the fullest, more so even than they were against Arkansas. The other thing, though, is that uh, Auburn showed, as did some other teams, that the Tiger offense can be controlled at times. you just got to keep them down, get them frustrated, and make them start swinging for those home runs every time they come up and not swing for average. Of course, LSU, historically, that's what they've always done. They didn't care about average. Well, now they do. If you can just frustrate them and put them down and keep the scoreboard in control, then that's the much-needed change of pace this pitching staff really, really needs. And depending on how this weekend goes, win, lose, or draw, we'll see next week if the rotation really is revised, or the next week, or the week after that. Change will be coming, but as Lamona said, probably not right now. And again, Thursday when we get the announcement, we'll see. Is it still gonna be Johnson, Stanette, and Smith? Or has Foxhall went to his boss and said, I want to go at it this way. Either way, we'll know by then. And we'll also know by the weekend a little bit more, as I said, about Bulldog football, as they get into full practices and Looking forward to a chance to really see the offense in action out there, but also want to check out the defense as well. You know, a lot to see in just one practice day, but uh, that's what y'all pay us for. You are paying us, aren't you? Hmm. I, mean, I need to check on that contract I signed. Anyway, that's our doghouse for this Wednesday afternoon, and we'll be talking to you on Friday ahead of the LSU series. Uh, hopefully have some uh, different news about the uh, – Pitching staff, uh, practice schedule football, weather updates also. Always weather this time of the year, ain't it? Especially after the wild swings and fronts that have rolled through the state in the last week or so. So, otherwise, stay dry, stay warm, get ready for a big weekend at Dunyville Field. And our reports on football, baseball, yes, uh, not totally ignoring basketball either as Coach Chris Jones finishes putting his staff together. Thank you, thank you, thank you for keeping George Brooks around. I know it should have been automatic, but it's still a relief to know that George is going to remain on this staff in Humphrey Coliseum because that's where he belongs. That's my editorial comment on base basketball for the day. Until then, I'm David Murray here on the Doghouse on the Believe Network.